Hi, I'm Pam Stone and welcome to Natural Health Simplified, where we help you cut through the noise and provide simple science-based strategies to help you live a healthy life. Now we know that ideally a healthy balanced diet should be enough to provide adequate nutrients for our general health and well-being. And sometimes it may be difficult to get the amount of nutrients we need. So it may be appropriate to sometimes have a chat with your healthcare professional on what support you might need. Well, today we talk to the director of Blackmore's Institute and best-selling author, Leslie Braun. We're going to chat about what the evidence says and what this might mean for our health. So hi there, Leslie. How are you? Yeah, good, Pam. Hi, how are you going? Yeah, very good. Thank you so much. I'm really looking forward to really getting into this topic. It's one that, you know, we all wonder about. So we need some of your insightful recommendations. (laughs) To start off with, we know that diet is one of the most important ways to nourish and support our immune system. Can you tell us more about this, though, and, and what we should be thinking about? Look, you're absolutely spot on, Pam. A good diet really is the foundation of good health. It's something we all need to strive for and we need to strive for every day. But look, in reality, it's a challenge. Mm. It's really, really hard. And, you know, for lots of very legitimate reasons. But, you know, when I think about immunity, the standout nutrients that come to mind are vitamins A, D, C and E, and the minerals, zinc and selenium. Right. Okay. Now, you can find these in lots of everyday vegetables and fruits. Um, You know, vitamin A, you find that often in the form of beta carotene, which the body then converts into vitamin A. So things like carrots and dark green leafy vegetables and sweet potato are are great for that. Mm -hmm. Um, Vitamin D, though, is really tricky. You really tend to need to get that from the sunshine. So when you go out in the sunshine, the sun hits your skin. Your skin can convert that into vitamin D. But we know a lot of people don't get out in the sun much. Mm, you know, if, you, if you're working a full-time job in an office or, um, you know, we know people obviously in hospitals, aged care facilities, mm. but they just don't get out that much. And it's also really hard in winter to get outside and get the sunshine. Mm-hmm. So we're going to need to have some vitamin D from diet, but there's just not that much in the diet. You know, you find a little bit in meat, poultry and fish, uh, but it's mm. it's a tough one. So that's um, where we might be thinking about a supplement if we fall into that sort of category, I guess. Yeah, yeah. You'd need to think about that. But mm. vitamin C, moving on to that one, really important for immune function as well. Mm-hmm. But vitamin C, you don't store in your body. So every single day you need to top your body up. Mm. Um, and that's things like, you know, berries, citrus fruits, um, even some of the vegetables like capsicum and leafy green vegetables can be really good. Mm-hmm. You know, vitamin E, vitamin E is one of those fat-soluble vitamins. So you do store a little bit of that in the body over time. Mm-hmm. And you can find that in sunflower seeds and almonds and avocado. Um, and our two minerals, our superstar minerals, zinc and selenium. Mm-hmm. Um, zinc is amazing. You find it in pumpkin seeds, um, oats, eggs, red meat, nuts. Mm-hmm. It's really high in oysters, but, you know, oysters isn't everyone's cup of tea. Who eats those and every day? That's right. <laughs> yeah. I don't particularly like them. <laughs> oh, I love them, but nevertheless. <laughs> yeah. And then, of course, there's selenium. Um, mm. It's one of those, you know, superstars. It, you only need a little bit, but it packs a punch. Mm. Um, you find that in Brazil nuts in particular. Mm-hmm. You also find a little bit in eggs, brown rice, garlic, and wholemeal bread. Okay. All right. So you've, you've You've covered off a few food groups. What if we just don't manage to fit in all those foods every day? What does the science tell us? What's our next step? 
Look, it is really hard. Um, the Australian guidelines recommend at least two different fruits and five vegetables every day. Mm-hmm. And in fact, I was reading how it's even advised to have 30 different fruits and vegetables every week. Mm. We know in Australia, over 90% of people don't do it. Mm. Um, in fact, 93% of adults don't meet the recommended daily vegetable intake and 50% of us don't get the recommended daily fruit intake. And this is according to the Australian Bureau of Statistics. So I think we all know what we should be doing. And, you know, fortunately our our shelves are packed with lots of fresh produce, Mm. but we're just not making those decisions. Mm. It's really horrendous, horrendous, um, but it doesn't surprise me too much because, you know, Pam, I used to lecture to medical students and pharmacy students um, you know, in Australia, but in other countries. And one of the things I always did was a little quick poll at the end of my lecture. I'd ask people to put their hand up if they've had two fruits and five different vegetables in the previous 24 hours. Mm. And, you know, no matter where I went, it was always less than 10% of wow. students put their hands up. And mm. I found that really interesting because I'm thinking to myself, these are pharmacy students and medical students. They're really interested in health and even they aren't getting the right amount. Right. So, so the so the, so the reality is sounding quite different to the ideal. So I guess therein is is a risk for not getting not achieving the nutrient levels that we need. And are there any other risk factors, if we use that word, that that um, the science flags to us to be aware of? Yes. Look, there's a number of people that are at risk. So. It's not just fussy eaters, but there's also mm. certain groups that we know are at high risk of low nutritional status. So, for example, we know that cigarette smokers have higher requirements for vitamin C mm. than non-smokers. Okay. And we also know a good diet just won't be enough. So, mm. you know, it's interesting. Vitamin C is one of the most important antioxidants for the lungs, which is another reason why it's really important for cigarette smokers to make sure they've got good amounts of vitamin C that they're taking in. Mm. We also know people who drink alcohol on a regular basis, um, alcohol can actually interfere with digestion Mm -hmm. and it can also interfere with the way the body handles certain nutrients Mm. by interfering with the storage and utilisation and also excretion. And, you know, I mean, everyone knows that if you drink a little bit of alcohol, it can affect your diet choices. Um, I mean, True. I, I mm. do love some chippies with my glass of wine and I wouldn't normally eat them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. I'm not alone. Good point. And it, as you're saying, it's the habits, isn't it? It's perhaps not the one-off thing every so often that's going to make a substantial difference, but it's the habits. Now, say we don't have either of those habits. We don't smoke. We don't drink particularly very much. Are there any other factors that we should that we should know about that might be affecting our nutrient status, say? Mm. Look, I'm thinking about people with lactose or fructose intolerance, mm-hmm. vegans and vegetarians, um, even diabetics, because a lot of them tend to reduce, say, fruit intake or other intakes of different food groups, which can put them at risk. Mm. So if someone's got a restrictive diet long term, it can mean that they're at higher risk of having lower nutritional status mm-hmm. because Often people don't think about what they need to compensate. They'll Mm. take foods out but don't think about what they need to put back in to compensate for what they've just lost. Mm. So that's a problem. And the other group that's at risk are people who've got digestive conditions. 
And that can affect people in a couple of ways. One of them can be um, that, in fact, they just don't feel that hungry mm-hmm. or that they don't digest their food as well and mm. they don't absorb the nutrients as well. And things that, you know, the nutrients here particularly to think about are the vitamins A, D and E and even sometimes the minerals like iron, zinc, calcium and magnesium. Mm. So, you know, people will be eating great food, making all the right choices, but because of their digestive condition, they're just not going to be able to get the most out of their food from a nutrient perspective. Yeah, that's important, isn't it? I've heard the phrase, what, how does it go, you are what you eat, but you actually are what you absorb. And I guess that's yeah. really <laughs> highlighting that, highlighting that. Now, I've also yeah. heard that we can have different nutritional needs at different times of our lives. So what evidence is there for this? Can you give any examples? Look, sure, Pam. As we get older, unfortunately, um, things change and they think they change from a nutritional perspective as well. Mm. So as we get older, our ability to absorb nutrients from foods gets reduced. Um, We actually have changes in stomach acid as well, and sometimes acid can actually be reduced in some people. And that's really important because you need an an acidic environment to be able to absorb, you know, things like calcium and magnesium from your diet. Okay, that's Um, interesting. And also older people often don't have a good appetite to start with, do they? Which probably plays to what you're saying. And for some people, yeah, you're right. And some people have dental issues as well. Mm. they choose to not mm. eat certain foods because they're just hard to chew. Yep. Um, so they can be that. Um, also, we know that older people, you know, skin does not actually convert sunshine into vitamin D as well. And it's up to 75% slower in people over 65 compared to younger adults. So mm. it's a really big change. Mm. And, you know, the body's ability to store some of those things as well is compromised. So there's a whole range of things. Unfortunately, as you get older, your body just doesn't do as well as it used to. Oh, so not much to be said for ageing, yeah, but, <laughs> but obviously a lot to be said for a healthy, varied diet as you age. So, yeah, that's, that's, right. that's very important <laughs> to be aware of. And, and Well, there's also other stages of life where it's really important and in fact when I was in clinic I did find a lot of teenagers became very fussy and go on Mm. fad diets you know they just remove whole food groups for no good reason Mm. so um, that's at risk and and I I guess that that's more just kind of you know growing up you Mm -hmm. know and and maybe Mm. not having the right information but from a physical perspective we know that women who are pregnant and breastfeeding have also got higher requirements for a range of nutrients Mm. as well that's great I was going to ask you about that yes yeah pregnancy yeah yeah, Yeah, absolutely but there's also lifestyle things like like athletes for example people Mm -hmm. who play a lot of sport you know their requirements can change too right so different life stages do to an extent, I suppose, influence what we're eating and how much we need to eat to satisfy the requirements for that particular stage. So that's very interesting. And some of those life stages, of course, are are not things that we can have a choice about and that we're going through them. Wouldn't that be nice? That's right. So so, so some things we can make healthy choices to change, some things we can't change. So Mm. is there anything else that you'd like to add to all of this thinking about when a supplement over and above a healthy diet could be worth thinking about. Yeah, look, it, it can be complicated, so I'm just going to simplify it for people. Mm. You know, really it falls into three categories, and one of them is dietary restriction. So in people with intolerances, food allergies, vegans, vegetarians, fussy eaters, all those types of people might be at risk of having low nutritional intakes or even low nutritional absorption from their food. So they're one group I'd be thinking about. Right. Um, number two is lifestyle, so cigarette smoking, you know, drinking alcohol, staying indoors for long periods. All of those things can affect your nutritional status and requirements. Mm. 
And then the last one is life stages. So, you know, pregnancy, breastfeeding, um, the elderly. And I, I'm going to put teenagers in there as well who experiment with their food. And um, that's also another another group to be thinking about. Well, that's an important group, isn't it, for lots of reasons. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so we've got the, the dietary restrictions, the lifestyle habits and influence and the life stages. So, Leslie, thank you so much for talking to us about this really interesting topic. I love the way you can bring in the evidence to separate the fact from the fad. And you've given us some great <laughs> messages. So thank you so much again for joining us. Um, my, my absolute pleasure, Pam. It can be complicated, but we're here to make it simple. So you've been listening to Natural Health Simplified, powered by Blackmore's Institute. Thanks for joining us again today. As always, you can find this episode's links in our show notes. And if you have a question or topic you'd like us to cover, we'd love to hear from you. So please get in touch at info at blackmoresinstitute.org. And remember to tune in next time when we'll actually dig more into the immune essentials and take a look at the science behind immune-supporting herbs. I'm Pam Stone. Thanks for listening. 